welcome to the Story Behind the Business podcast with your hosts, Joel McDonald, Leyland Diano, and Adam Bessie. Today's podcast is powered by Agency Media. You might think it's powered by Vinyl Labs because I'm wearing a Vinyl Labs hat, but it's not. It's powered by Agency Media. Joel, who is our guest today? Our guest today is Curtis Christofferson, who is the owner of Innovative Fitness. Um, And so it's interesting. We've been talking to people in lots of different industries, and we haven't had anybody on from the fitness industry. And it'll be very interesting to, to hear his perspective on how they've had to pivot and innovative, and I know they've done some really cool things, and uh, how they're keeping people moving out there. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for this one too. I mean, fitness, uh, especially right now, I'm, I'm fascinated by so many personal trainers out there having to adapt who you know, meet face-to-face with people who have now had to put their product online and you know, are people still as accountable when they're working out from home? So I'm interested to hear some of the tactics they've been using. Have they been putting out different eBooks or different types of uh, strategies to get people on? So yeah, looking forward to today's conversation. What about you Deeks? Yeah, I think uh, I was on their website looking, so they've, they've launched these, uh, it might, they might've already existed, but these online virtual packages where you can get like 25 sessions and I'll, I'll get him, we'll get him to explain it. But uh, you know, as we were just talking about the price points, it's not, it's not low tier. It's, it's quality. So it's, it's kind of bold, I think, but at the same time, brilliant probably to put something out that's not cheap right now. Um, right. Like, cause it speaks to the quality that you're getting. So I'm interested in, in hearing that from him. And then also some personal questions cause I'm not really motivated to pump iron right now. You know what? I, I agree with you, man. I, I was telling Joel earlier on, like I was searching for weights for my home gym and they're like, it, they're harder to find than toilet paper right now. But even still, like I've had zero, like the last three weeks, I just, you know, my activity level has gone really down and it's possibly because of working a little bit isolated out at the office. But I mean, over the last week and a half started to bring it back up. I feel good. I mean, obviously working out in the morning or getting physical activity at the start of your day is going to, you know, make you that much more energized and that much more in tune and you're going to feel like you've accomplished stuff. So, um, so are you just working out at home right now? Yep. Yeah, so I think what Leyland's saying though, Adam, though, it, and this is a really valid point is, you know, there's people that have been, you know, isolating in their homes. They're probably not feeling super great right now. They're getting a little bored and they're not driving into work. Maybe they've been laid off or something like that. And, you know, they're not feeling like, oh, I, like everybody knows if I wake up and exercise, I'll feel better. Well, I think a lot yeah. of us know that. Um, yeah. But then the reality is it's, it's hard to do that. Like it's hard just to wake up and be like, Oh, I feel lousy. I got nothing to do today. Everything's closed, but I'll get a great workout in like, well, and that's, that, that's why I've loved the, I've read the book can't hurt me by David Goggins. And he, a big thing in his book is, you know, anybody can go out and run or, you know, go to the gym when they're in a good mood. Well, you're in a good mood. You're feeling good. When you're not feeling good, when you're depressed or when it's raining outside or when you just had a, sh- a crappy day at work or you just wake up not feeling motivated, that's when you really have to grind it and that's when you actually push yourself to attain a certain level. And ever since I've kind of read that book, you always kind of gut check yourself and say, okay, well, 
am I going to be, I mean, he, he's pretty explicit the way he talks, uh, like he says how you should talk to yourself, but uh, it, it's just a reminder to say like nobody else is technically going to motivate us and, unless ourselves. So yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree. It'd be great to hear some tips from Curtis on, on, on what he uses to motivate clients or what he says to clients who just aren't feeling motivated to, to be active. Um, but I think mentally right now, I think everybody needs it. He probably says things like, suck it up, you loser. Do you think Curtis do you says that? die, loser? Yeah, the hell he talks? Yeah, he's probably like, you, you big fat loser. <laughs> I doubt he talks. I doubt he talks. <laughs> he's like, get your ass into shape, boy. Um, pancakes. Yeah, man, I mean, well, you, know, you know what you're, you're just saying, though, is that everyone needs it mentally. But what you know what? What's... I'm finding that there's so much going on and shifting and pivoting and strategy and that it's mentally exhausting right now. So it's yeah. like, I get, I, I, you know, the end of the day, I get that hour and it's like, I just want to lay on the couch and watch TV. And I don't drink a four wins juxtapose. Yeah, yeah. Right. But it's like, it's just, so yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's an interesting time. Cause I, you know, for someone who doesn't work out a lot, but should, uh, it's just like, do I have an hour of peace or go and look at the excuses we have right now, Leyland. Well, I would work out, but the gym is closed. Yeah. <laughs> right? I, like, I, I would be going, but the gym's closed and I can't really go for a run. Cause they told me not to, to be too close to other people. So I'm kind of doing my civic duty by not working out. Yeah, it <laughs> yeah. sounds like a lot of excuses that a lot of people are, or the other, I actually, use that one a lot. A big one too, though, Joel, is well, no one's no one's going to see me for a bit. So, what does it matter if I'm if I'm looking fit or active? You know, I've I know personally I've shaved a little less uh, over the last little bit here. Although that's a weird concept because we're we're on video chat all the time. Like we're on video chat more now than we've ever been. So it's like we are seeing people more because you're not seeing people as much. So, um, yeah, I was I debating what, on doing the COVID nineteen shave my head. Like just one last thing I have to worry about. I just wake up and I come come to work. I don't have to worry about combing my hair. I mean, Joel, I mean, it's been a pretty big stretch of you introducing our guests. Why don't you take the reins on that? We don't want to break up uh, the, the system here. All right. So we've got Curtis Christofferson of Innovative Fitness with us today. Curtis, for people out there that don't know, maybe why don't you to share a little bit about yourself and what Innovative Fitness is and what you guys do. Now or pre-COVID? <laughs> I, well, what I wanted to do was go kind of pre, like what, what was your normal day-to-day -day business? And then, and then obviously we're going to get into, you know, what the heck are you guys doing now? For sure. So I, uh, I've been in the health and fitness space for over 20 years, uh, close to 25 actually. And, uh, and Innovative Fitness is a premium personal training company. So we're a boutique brick and mortar personal training service. Uh, we're the largest in North America in terms of chains of, of personal training studios. We have 12 locations, over 250 um, professional training coaches. And, and we service typically the CEO, executive, business professional, stay-at-home mom, stay-at-home dad, um, an affluent uh, community that's looking to get fit and active and out, essentially outsource their health. Um, and so we're, we're like the gardener or, or the accountant that people want to pay for to, to keep them accountable and, and uh, manage themselves a little bit more. And, and you know, we've done that for the last 25 years. So, um, you know, in terms of the brick and mortar and the service side of things, when, 
our 98% of our revenue is dependent on face-to-face one-on-one interaction. Um, when all of a sudden social distancing and isolation happens, it's, uh, yeah, it can be challenging. Uh, I was going to just say, I was going to say, I mean, I mean, that's a very scary situation that a lot of people have just faced. Um, you've been around, you're not a, you're not a new business. So a lot of times newer businesses are able to adapt or pivot quicker because they have us, they're not romantic about the way that they've been making their money. Give us a little bit of insight. What was the team like when this happened? And then how did you guys make the pivot that you're going to like, uh, explain to us, obviously. Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, everybody, you know, is managing this differently. Um, you know, our reaction to any kind of crisis, whether it's individually or as an organization, um, is going to, um, you know, have different emotions behind it, which is going to force the way we react. Um, what I will say is that uh, it's sequential based on a series of events. And I think we can all agree that things shift and change based on anxiety, fear, uncertainty, and what we hear in the news as an example. So, you know, you take it back, um, the week of, I believe it was the 9th. So Wednesday, I think was the 10th, March 10th, um, in or around there. It was uh, basically, or it was the 11th, sorry. Um, so Wednesday was March, March 11th was a very unique day, in my opinion. Um, and Thursday, the 12th was even more pivotal, particularly in North America. So, you know, prior to the 11th, March 11th, we knew that this was coming, obviously. We were paying attention to the news, China, Italy, Spain, you know, there was cases coming in North America. And we had said, you know, this is going to disrupt our business. 98% of our revenue is through face-to-face contact. And if we don't get ready, then we're going to be, you know, we're going to have some challenges ahead ourselves. So on Tuesday, the 10th, as an example, we set, sent letters out to all of our landlords, all 12 landlords, as well as our banks, um, stating that we are going to be prepared and want some relief, you know, and our, the natural response to that primarily was, we don't know what you're talking about. This isn't, you know, that big of a deal. Uh, we're not, we don't have any structure around this. You guys are the first we've, we've been in contact with. And, you know, for us, it wasn't, you know, immediate, like we need relief today. We just wanted to get ahead of it. And then on the 11th, Wednesday 11th, we had a discussion with our leadership team and said, listen, like, what's our stance in this? And I remember on the 11th, you know, as an entrepreneur and a business owner, you're kind of like hanging on to things. You're like, you know, we should exist the longest because we're premium, we're private training, we're not a group class environment, we're not a drop-in gym, we control the entire experience. We know every single one of our clients, their names, their family situation, their travel schedules, that if anything, we should be open last in the fitness space. And that was the flag we were waving on Wednesday, the 11th. And then Wednesday evening, Trump landed the planes or grounded the planes to go to Europe. Uh, the NBA had an issue on Wednesday night. Thursday morning, NBA put a, a cancellation to their schedule. Same with NHL, same with Disneyland. And heightened hysteria happened on Thursday, the 12th. And we then you know, thought about it and said, hey, we... Maybe we aren't these people anymore. For the last few weeks, you know, we claimed that you know we could clean our, our environments and um, our studios. Maybe we have to rethink this. And what we did is we actually we actually leaned into our value system and our values. We have seven values that we actually recently redefined. And you know, one of them we challenge status quo. Number two, uh, we build strong communities. Another another one is we we um, provide unparalleled experiences and. You know, we looked at these and we're like, this isn't who we are. Like, we're leaders in our, in our, 
industry, in our communities. We pride ourselves on that. So if we're going to be leaders in our business and we have to leaders, be leaders outside of our business. And so what we did is we said, we are going to help flatten the curve. We are going to take a stance on that. And we got to uh, protect the health of our, our teammates, clients, and, uh, and in our communities, obviously, with flattening the curve. So we had made the decision on that day, Thursday, the, the 12th, that we were going to shut our doors before we were uh, forced to. And the idea was that we were going to close down our last day being in business, you know, for temporarily, uh, temporary closure after Friday the 20th. Um, and then things changed on Sunday. So <laughs> Sunday, uh, you know, what happened was that I got a phone call and four out of 12 people that went on a ski trip in Austria, four of them were clients at one of our locations tested positive for COVID. And we said, you know what, it's too close to home. It wasn't, wasn't in our locations. It wasn't in our studios. It didn't happen there. Wasn't anything a part of that. But what we realized is that we could, we could actually um, contribute to the spread of this, this, um, you know, um, you know, obviously virus. And, and so we said, you know what, we got to take a stronger stance. And so Sunday we decided, you know, literally an hour later, we decided that we were going to shut our doors and our last day, and business was going to be the 15th. And we made an announcement to all of our staff. We called them on the Zoom meeting. We had over 250 trainers on Zoom and said, hey, sorry, like we're not opening tomorrow. And this is why, uh, this is what we're going to do about it. And what we're going to do is we're going to, you know, um, pay you guys for a week while we gather ourselves. So we bought ourselves a week with our employees, made sure that they were taken care of, gave them resources to like take care of their own you know, situation and we were going to revisit with them in, you know, the, the coming days. And then that was when we jumped in, but that's, that's kind of leading up to the whole scenario. It's funny listening to you kind of break it down day by day by day, because I, as you were saying it, I always remember everything I was doing those days and how quickly it was like hour by hour. I remember us like hanging on you know, listening to Trudeau come out and he was late and everybody was like, what's he going to say? And it was like, I know where I was. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently he's always late. Um, so that, 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 that's crazy how quickly um, that all happened. Um, we were talking a little bit um, kind of before you came on, Curtis, just on, you know, I, people are like, you know, hey, I can't go to my gym. I, you know, I'm not working out. I'm staying at home and, and you're dealing with all of this. Um, I'm curious what, so you talked about everything up until that point. What have you guys now done um, to change from what you said, which was just a face-to-face -face in-person business um, to now in sort of, I guess, a digital world, be able to perform some of your services? Well, maybe what, what, what might be helpful is actually discuss, you know, what our thought process was prior to. So obviously that was like making a decision we have to close. And then it was like, okay, what are we doing to adapt? Right? Like, how are we going to pivot? You know, cause what we're yeah. seeing in a space is that there hasn't, there's been a really unique response as there has been in every industry. It's like, do you pivot? Do you adapt? Or do you just shut the doors and, you know, hope to see this thing blow over so that two months, three months, six months later, you open up doors and you continue doing business. And so, I've, you know, as I've rewound the clock and I've re-looked at the steps that we took, I, you know, I would categorize it in, in relatively three buckets. So everybody's going through a crisis management. There's a level of, there's a crisis that's happening right now, um, health-wise, you know, obviously in the economy, you know, and all the impact it's having on, on all of us. And everybody has to manage that crisis in a certain way, take care of, you know, back to Maslow's hierarchy needs, you know, health, safety, security, you name it. And then 
there's the risk mitigation as a business owner. You know, we got leases, we got commitments, we got financial commitments. We have, you know, let alone the commitments to our employees and our clients. And so it's like, how do you mitigate risk as fast as possible? So that's what we tried to do pretty early on. It's like, how do we mitigate our risk by reducing our, our overhead and our spend um, and put parameters in place that are going to protect us for the long term. And then the last one was like, let's, let's evaluate this. Like what's our best case scenario? What's our worst case scenario? In our eyes at the time was best case scenario, we're going to be closed for six weeks. Worst case scenario, we're going to be closed for six months. And so, and this was the big one of do we pivot or do we not? Like uh-huh. crisis management, risk mitigation, the pivot question. And we said, hey, listen, like, what would our life look like if we had to close shop for six months, have all this strain, stress, you know, still have overhead um, and a dismantled community, um, let alone not providing the support to the community that has provided us support over the years. And at the same time, people have sub- subscribed to their health with us. And we said, no, we're not doing that. Like we have to pivot because if there's any time that people need their health and wellness, it's now. Um, for mental well-being, for physical well-being, for their overall health and outlook. And a lot of people have created routines around having structure around their health, you know, on everything from their diet to their sleep patterns to you name it. And all that's going to be disrupted. People are going to be stuck at home. They're going to be stressed. They won't sleep as much diet. So it's like, you know, if anything, why would we remove something that's a staple in their, in our lives, which is their, their fitness when we know that we can provide that. So we said we're adapting. That's what we said. Um, And we had a plan in place to actually, a process in place to evaluate how we did that. Um, Just give me one second, actually, sorry. Sorry, boys. Adam will fix that later. We'll fix it in post. (laughs) My my power fell off. Um, (laughs) So going back, um, why don't I, I take you through that process I just talked to you about. So on the Monday we said, Hey, we've already confirmed that we're going to adapt and we're going to pivot. Now, how are we going to do it? So we looked at six things. Number one, target audience. What does our target target audience need? Who are they? How are they going to adapt to this? What are the challenges they're going to have? All of the things from a behavioral standpoint and a reality standpoint, we already know the audience that we serve, but does that shift and change with the complexity of this situation? The next four steps or processes, we looked at the four P's of marketing, which we all know, product, place, price, promotion. Does our, based on our target audience and the realities of the situation, does the product have to change? We, we believed it didn't. You know, we didn't want to go to a one-way streaming experience, which we can get into, but we want to provide the coaching, the accountability, and the personalization that they were used to. And so our product didn't have to change, but the second P of marketing that we talked about, which is the third in this process, was the place. So now we delivered our product face-to-face in a physical studio, and now we had to figure out how to do it home-to-home. So how do we change that distribution model? Um, and so we had to figure out how to do that. The price, we had to evaluate, you know, are people going to be price sensitive? Are they going to be concerned about paying for a product? Um, you know, all of the above. And then the fourth P, fourth P in in marketing is promotion. How do we promote it? How do we touch them? How do we meet them where they're at from a, from a communication standpoint um, and a touch point? And then the last one, the sixth element of this process that we went through from a pivot strategy was speed. How fast did we have to move to make it viable? Like there's, there's a fine balance between, you know, on, on two of those elements, which is price and speed, 
you know, people are dealing with things differently, right? And, you know, you look at, uh, you know, our natural reaction to fear and uncertainty is um, uh, flight, fight, freeze. You know, where are they at in that process? Um, how can we meet them where they're at? And how, how can we, you know, really determine what we have to, you know, put the throttle down on in terms of speed of developing and what do we have to take our foot off the throttle um, or the gas pedal in terms of, you know, how we communicate. So those six things we went through and then it was a matter of like, okay, we got to do this. We got to, you know, we broke out into working groups um, on our executive team. We have eight people on our executive team and we built, you know, working teams around certain um, offerings. And then, you know, two weeks later, we came on another other end by having a, a digital product. So our main digital product that we had 95% of our revenue delivering in home. So home to home, um, we built it so that if we had 100% like forced lockdown isolation, that our trainers could deliver it from their home to our clients' homes. Um, we have online health and nutrition coaching, which is, you know, something that we looked at that was a you know, it just only made sense. People's diets are going to change. They have time to focus on their nutrition. You know, it's going to be an important factor of how they, their well-being. And then we have, you know, a Facebook community that just connects people a little more in a supportive, motivational way. We called it Beat the Bug. Uh, so Beat the Bug Fitness Community. It was all about banding together and beating the bug. And then, uh, and then the last one, you know, um, well, that's the four. Sorry, I, I, I talked about all four. Um. Yeah, super interesting. I, I, so I have a question um, relating to the strategy of, of, you know, quickly pivoting. There's actually, actually I have a few questions. I'm going to try and keep it short. The first is, um, so my personal story, largely thank to Adam Bessie down there for becoming my brother, lost like 50 pounds last year, started going to the gym and stuff. Um, well, I was swimming at Gold's, not working out yet. I could, specifically for the reason I walked into Gold's, and the, you know, they want to get you with a personal trainer. It's this uh, young girl. I'm like, I don't want this girl poking at me uh, and watching me not be able to lift weights. So um, I avoided that very easily. So this, you know, I went to your website and I saw the services you guys are providing. And the difference I noticed being a bit of an introvert is that, that you know, a, a virtual experience with training and with um, even the dietary stuff and nutrition is appealing to me because, I'm busy, I got a kid, uh, and I'm introverted, so I don't like to go into a gym and be poked at and have those conversations. Have you, um, the first question is, you guys put together a package that looks premium, like, I, I mean, even in terms of branding, there's so many companies that had to pivot to this digital experience that are just, to be frank, they look like shit. Like, you go to their website and it just looks like crap. And it's, and, and then, the, so I, I kind of want to know your thoughts in like, in terms of the investment you made um, because there obviously was one. This wasn't a, a quick, cheap pivot. It was a pivot that required some investment. And then also maybe if you could talk about the strategy on going forward. So what it looks like as this being a new acquisition model for you of getting like guys like me who it's super appealing to. And now I, I would be able to work with this, this company that is a little badass and, and well put together rather than like some weird guy on Facebook that's offering nutrition virtual nutritionist type stuff that I really don't even want to talk to. I wouldn't want to talk to them even by email. So, um, yeah. Well, thank you. I mean, that was a, you know, there was a lot of compliments in there too. So appreciate that. Um, you know, I think from the investment standpoint, um, you know, the pivot online in terms of, we already had obviously a website. And so pivoting our website wasn't a massive undertaking. Like it was, we have a, you know, in, or 
not quite in-house, but, uh, you know, someone that can come in there and, and kind of freshen up the way that we, you know, portray and show up in the world. And, and that includes our services. By no means is it done yet. Um, but that wasn't a huge investment. Where the investment was that a lot of people don't realize is actually the technology. So, um, you know, a lot of people in the training, in the tra- fitness space, particularly training, there's one thing to do live streaming, such as Facebook Live or YouTube Live or Instagram. But from, it, from a coaching perspective, whether it's in the fitness space or not, obviously, you know, the world is using Zoom right now. Like if you, if you see how many users uh, that Zoom has now compared to what it was pre-COVID, you know, um, I think every single person has a subscription to Zoom. The reality is, is that whether it's Zoom or any of the video conferencing technology, most of it is designed for the office setting. So chest up, okay, all the views are the same. You know, what you see is what I see um, from, from the you know, primary pre, uh, preview screen all the way to the other people that are participating. And so in the training and the coaching world, it's, it needs to be something different um, because here's an example. When one, we have to see the full body, we can't see chest up. And so then if I back up my, you know, back myself up from my computer, then I'm like, I'm miniature, I can hardly hear you. Um, and so that doesn't work. Number two, um, if I'm training more than one person, as an example, I need to see not just one person in the primary view, I need to see two people equally. And that doesn't happen in any in majority of, of the technology that's out there. So, you know, we had to look at that and kind of go, okay, how are we going to pivot from a video distribution standpoint to make it most effective for the training experience. And so we had a software company that we were already working with to develop our scheduling and billing, our own proprietary software. So on Monday the 16th, I called them and said, listen, we halt everything you're doing. Can you build me a Zoom-like platform um, that is actually geared around this, this industry and this service? And they got to work on it and did it in eight days. And that software is actually built on the same backend as Zoom. So there's a lot of functionalities the exact same, um, but it's branded with our, our brand. It's, it has the, you know, some of the features like I talked about. And then it also has the scheduling because with scale, you know, we talk about a, like a mature company that is really hard to pivot. Like if you're a brand new company, you can kind of, you know, shift things pretty quickly. You got small teams, you have less overhead, you have less restrictions and you're, you have less like, you know, um, you know, even mentally like holding on to something. And so, you know, for us, it's like, how do you scale? How do you actually manage 250 trainers offering services to 5,000, 6,000 clients? Well, I, if you have a bunch of Zoom links going you know, left, right, and center, and trainers not being able to manage it appropriately, or links getting lost, or how do we manage as a business when we know who's training when and when are they training, and how do we pay them? Like, how do we, how do we actually do payroll? Like, we can't see if a, you know, a session. Sorry, I was laughing because... <laughs> Uh, we struggle getting Zoom, our Zoom links out apparently, yeah. or maybe I do just receiving them and, you know, there's no, and we should be doing much better, but well, it's mostly just me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, so imagine having a bunch of independent uh, employees managing that on their own when they're not even used to doing that. So, so what, what we did is, is we built a software so that had functionality on the scheduling side as well, so that we can actually, I can see, um, whenever any of the trainers are training any client and knowing when that's happening. So we can cross-reference anything from how we pay them to, to making sure that we're um, tracking everything. So we did that in a very short period of time. That was probably eight the hardest. That was all turned around in eight days? Eight days. Wow. Yeah, that, from a development standpoint, that's, that's incredible. Yeah. I mean, the guys, uh, it's a company that's called Sasbury. I have to give them recognition. They, 
you know, 24 year, 25 year Microsoft vets. Um, and they know what they're doing. They understand AI, they understand development and, and uh, they've been a blessing to work with. So, you know, that was, that, you talk about investment, like that was, there was two large investments, technology and the people. So when we paid our employees, we said, we need, a t- we need time. We're going to pay you for the week at your existing wage, your existing commitments, you name it. And then we're going to revisit this on Friday. And when we came back to them saying, this is what we're doing, this is how we're doing it, who's in, right? Like we cannot provide one-on-one service at all. So we have to do it digitally. And if we're going to do it digitally, we need your help. And I'd say 90 to 95% said, yeah, we're here for you. You know, with the other 5%, different reasons. They have different restrictions at home. They might not feel comfortable digitally, like in, in front of a video setting. Like there was, you know, some people didn't really understand the severity of this. So, you know, they're kind of like, hey, I don't really understand why we're shutting down. It's like, um, you're not paying attention to what's happening in the world. But um, that's besides the point. Um, what's been, what's been- Do not wait 40 minutes for Trudeau yeah. to come out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, Curtis, what's been the biggest like response that your clients have uh, said once they once this was rolled out? So it's obviously not only new for your side, your team. It's also at that time when you first started to roll out, people aren't two weeks, three weeks into video conferencing. So it was probably a brand new thing for them. What was the feedback? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, so the the first element of feedback is, are they ready for this or not? Right? Like, you know, are they dealing with new routines? Are they dealing with their family at their home? Like, is fitness their number one priority? No, it's not. Maslow's hierarchy needs safety, health, you know, um, shelter items like that. So um, that is, for some people, they haven't really been able to provide the space, not not physical space, space in their actual life right now to even consider as a, as a priority. Um, those that adopted it quite quickly and tried it, you know, we were the ones that, you know, unfortunately, we were the guinea pigs or we were their first, you know, uh, relatively Zoom experience or, you know, video conferencing experience. And then there's other restrictions. You don't just show up to a video in, you know, a business attire or, you know, a t-shirt and a hoodie and start talking to someone. Like, you have to go, okay, can I see you? The camera's set up. Do you have physical space to work out? Um, can you hear me? Audio. Do you want to play music in, in the background to motivate you? Like, so there was some setup things, but once it's going, what's, what the feedback has been amazing. In fact, what's been the most surprising is that when someone uses our services in general, they're like, oh my God, I did more in an hour than I would have done in you know, two hours in the gym by myself. I'll do more in an hour with a trainer than I would do you know, in a spin class or a group class or whatever, because there's one-on-one accountability. So We've always got that feedback. We've got that feedback for 25 years and that's why we exist. Um, the feedback from our existing clients that now have tried this service, it's gone through even the roof even more because here's the reality. Trainers feel accountable that they have to see you in your view for the entire hour. They're not going to go on the computer and logging some information. They're not running to the water station. They're not getting distracted by other people in the gym and same thing with the clients. So now you're having one-on-one attention with someone for the entire hour. The accountability has gone up even further. And because of that, um, the workouts seem more intense and they seem like it's super successful and people just like, you know, show up, you know, in their home, make the time available and they get their butt kicked and then they don't have to waste the time driving back and forth. So that's another thing to to the second question that was asked is what does this look like going forward? Right? Like, what does this look like going forward? Well, here's the reality. 
even if we're closed for six months, it doesn't mean behaviors haven't changed for six months. Just because we're closed for six months doesn't mean the economy is not going to change for, you know, for six months. You know, the, the ripple effect or the, the effect that's going to have after is going to be huge on behaviors, on, on the economy, on the, you know, what we spend our money on, how we prioritize things. So what we've done is, you know, we know that this is going to exist. Let's say everything went back to normal six months from now, open the doors and everything was the exact same. Well, our service now can um, provide, now, or now we can provide services to our clients that are traveling, whether it's corporate travel or personal travel. We have clients that live in Vancouver that go down to Palm Springs or Phoenix for two to three months that we literally say, see you in two to three months, stay fit and active. We'll connect with you on email and give you a program. Now they can stay connected to their trainer two, three days a week while they're away in Palm Springs or Phoenix. Okay. That's number one. Number two, there's a whole new audience. So I use stay at home moms as a great audience. We don't provide childcare. We just don't. People have bugged us to do it for years. We didn't want to get into that space. It takes up physical space. There's complications with it. There's challenges with it. Now, if, if I'm a stay-at-home mom at my, my house and the baby goes down for a nap, I can rock out an hour session with the trainer in the, in the confines of my own home and not even leave my house. So, you know, that's the solution. The intimidation factor, another solution. Now, you feel comfortable in your space. You work from home. You want to do it quick and easy. You don't need to leave. Boom. You can work out with the trainer in your home. So, you know, there's, there's long-term um, elements of this. Another thing that it's allowed us to do is that we're, we've only been in the business of one-on-one and two-on-one, meaning I work one-on-one with someone or I work with two clients, whether they're business, you know, associates, peers, husband and wife, whatever. We're launching three-on-one, four-on-one, so small group, because we can easily do it digitally. It's really easy from a scheduling standpoint. Well, guess right, what? Okay. Four bros are 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 broing out on barbells and then beers after, or yeah. standing beside each other. Totally right. And <laughs> or how would two couples? They want to connect, right? And so what's funny is, there the need is less about necessarily the physical and more about the social interaction, whether it's with a trainer, uh, virtually, or with you know three other bros or four ladies in a in a in a small group class or you know, whatever. And now they can do it and they can have that interaction that they're, that they're missing. So. So Curtis, I love the story of the video. That's so cool how you guys made that happen. I'm curious how you solve the challenge of equipment because I've been in innovative fitness. You guys have lots of great equipment. I know Adam's been really struggling with um, trying to find weights as Adam calls it. Weights is the new toilet paper where you just can't find it. So how do you guys now alter your workouts to somebody that might not have any fitness equipment in their living room or. Yeah. So what, what's, what's interesting, it came at a really good time and a unique time. And here's why um, the fundamental movements of, of uh, exercise has really come back in the last two years. So gone are the days where, you know, we went through a period, it was all about functional training. And that was like, you know, one leg on a BOSU ball doing a freaking handstand pretty much. Um, and now it's, it's, it's coming back to the fundamentals. And the fundamentals are the squat, the deadlift, the, the push-up, the, bri- the plank. And if you actually think about that, whether it's a hip hinge, which is your deadlift, if it's a squat, whether it's a front squat, back squat, you name it, all these fundamental movements, there's six primary movements, all are coming back and you can do a lot of them just body weight. And there's, you know, companies such as MoveNat, which is called MoveNat, it's short for Move Naturally. There's other, you know, uh, certifications that's telling you that to be actually function, like functional as a, as a, as a person from a fitness and health and, and a, 
you know, from a movement perspective, it's going back to those fundamental movements. So all of our, uh, the curriculum that we took our staff through is like, hey, listen, we have to be experts at, at, at like moving properly and moving through body weight movements. And it's harder than you can imagine, right? And then the nice thing is, is that our trainers aren't, aren't group class fitness instructors. For them to get technical, that's what they're, like we have the top of the food chain in terms of the level of professionals that we, that we employ. They have degrees in human connection, kinesiology. They have five, six, seven years experience. So for them queuing Adam, Joel, whoever, any of you guys, you know, on, um, on movement, like you'll be surprised on how hard it is. That's if you have zero equipment. Then obviously, you know, the, from an equipment perspective, you know, we partner with 360 Athletics that put together at-home or at-home kits that include two sets of dumbbells, um, medicine balls, bands, items like that to provide the resistance uh, that some people need. Um, and then, you know, if you want to get really, uh, um, I guess, innovative, you can always, you know, get the case of beer and do, you know, <laughs> the case of beers or, or uh, the, the grocery bags, right? So... So some of the, the, you said going back to the fundamentals, I mean, that was, that, a, that was obviously slightly of a shift for some of your trainers. Do you, is it something that you guys are going to work in moving forward into your curriculum in terms of like, okay, now if we go back on one-on-one -on -one with people, we've seen such a value in some of these uh, fundamental movements that we're, that we're taking people through on a virtual scale. Do you see them doing that when you get back into the gym with all the equipment there, or is it going to be uh, going back to business as usual or what business used to be? Yeah, you know what's funny is that, like I said, I think the timing was really unique on this because the last two years we see a trend in, from an education standpoint, being in the industry, that the fundamental movements were really um, promoted and, and we were, pretty, we're fairly ahead of that, the science and the education, the understanding of where things are trending and what, you know, what we should be focused on. So when you look at something like the Turkish getup, which a lot of people may or may not know, um, you know, we've been doing that in the gym for the last, you know, two years. Like clients have been doing that for their warm up with like, you know, a cup of water or, you know, um, holding a small, you know, kettlebell weight. So, you know, if, if we're doing that already, then when we came into this, it was just like, okay, how do we fill the entire hour up with, with, yeah. fun, you know, foundational movements and how do we provide resistance for a big guy that's used to doing, getting in the squat rack and, and, you know, squatting 200, 250 pounds, like what do they do now? Right. And we either have to, shift the expectation, right? Because we can functionally get fit with nothing. In fact, it's probably better than throwing on 300, 400 pounds on a, on a deadlift or 250 pounds on a, on a back squat, right? We can go back to the basics and make sure that we have, you know, proper engagement, activation, mobility, stability, joint movement, all those things that are good. It's a good reset. And you talk about what this COVID-19 has done. It's it's provided a reset in so many things like, you know, mentally, emotionally connecting with our family, showing us what's important, connecting us as a nation, connecting us globally, like every, it's an equalizer. Right. And so what we're saying is, Hey, no better, no better time to reset your health as well, which, which includes your, you know, your movement patterns. And so if people understand that, then you're actually prepping the body to go back in the gym. If you're a guy that wants to, you know, throw around the weights, great. You're going to be better. You're better equipped to do that when you get back. Right. I'm curious your thoughts then on, and I'll, maybe I'll set this question up. So Adam and Leyland, a few years ago, I was given some gift cards for innovative fitness. And so I went and I did a few sessions. And at the time I was, I felt like I was in really good shape. I was running a lot. 
I was like, all right, well, I'm going to try this out. And this girl was my trainer. And, uh, and we did the workout. And at the end of it, I said to her, I was being cocky. And I was like, so like, that's it. <laughs> and she's like, yeah. And I was like, I wasn't so hard. I had every muscle in my body hurt the next day. And it was like things that I, places I didn't know I had muscles, like yeah. just absolutely hurt. Cause she was like giving me this, you know, all I would do is go for a run. Right. Yeah. And that was it. And yeah. then, so she did this. I was like, Oh my God, that hurts so much. I, um, at the time I didn't notice it. So Curtis, what's your thoughts? Like, do people work out wrong? Like, cause I think I do. Like, I know I do. I know I just will like grab some weights in my basement and probably do terrible technique. It's probably not like doing me any good. What are your thoughts on the way the average guy goes out and works out? That's a loaded question. Yeah, yeah. I've been in this, I've been in this space long enough, so I, I've seen it all, right? But here's the reality. Either people don't know any different, right? Um, for, I'll, I'll put a disclaimer. If someone's taking the initiative to go and move, whether it's running, whether it's going to the gym, you name it, that's step one. Like, let's be honest. If you're moving, it's better than not moving, right? Yeah. Number two, we find ways to be, unfortunately, like I always say life's pretty simple, but humans F it up, right? Like at the end of the day, it's the same thing with, with uh, training. Like we find inefficient ways to be efficient. We just do like, hey, we're going to find the path of least resistance. So if we pick up something, whether it's you or someone else, your body is going to adapt and find a way to do it the easiest, hopefully. Um, you know, and so, and that might be wrong. The argument is, is that it might be right as well, because the people that are the strongest and the most fit are usually the farmers, as an example. They find their body finds a way to be efficient, super efficient on how they move. And so when you look at UFC and you name it, those are the, those are the guys that are working in multi-planes, right? They're moving, they're throwing, they know how to do things. And they got that old man strength. So I think the wrong way is, there's no wrong way. Like I say, the first disclaimer was if people are, taking initiative to move, they're moving and spread and not moving. Mm -hmm. But you know, what, what's wrong is actually us thinking that we need machines. We need isolated movements like bicep curls or a bench press or you name it. Like the fundamentals are not that like they're, do we squat? Do we have, which is mobility and strength, you know, around the hips? Do we have, can we hinge? Can we hinge at the hips? Right. Do we have, can we do a loaded carry? And a loaded carry is no different than carrying two suitcases you know, and you could have a loaded, loaded carry overhead, which is like, you know, going something like that. But at the end of the day, you know, the reason why people actually injure themselves is because they don't do enough variety, right? The reason like old men, you know, we're all, I'm going to classify ourselves as all old men, <laughs> you know, usually when we throw out our back, it's like, it's when we bend over to tie up our shoelace. Usually we throw out our neck when we reach up and, and have our hands above our head and we um, are changing a light bulb. It's not usually when we're lifting, trying to lift the car for the kids. Like that's usually not when it's happening, right? So the thing is, is that, you know, to your question, do a lot of people um, do things the wrong way? Yeah, um, <laughs> but there's not really any right way. People think that they have to go in and do these isolated movements like bicep curls or leg extension or hamstring curls. Well. You don't do an isolated hamstring curl like in daily living. You don't. You don't. You don't do a, you know, an isolated isolated bicep curl. So these fundamental movements are actually going to make us, you know, um, foundationally more fit and more healthy. And if you look at like it's primitive movements, it's it's you know doing things like bear crawls and you know doing things like 
um, yeah, like going back to the, going back to the basics. So, um, I want to, I know we're getting close to the time we're going to wrap it up, but I'm going to slide in a more of a personal question to you. So again, going back to me personally, spent a year really focused on my health. Um, what would you quickly say to someone who, you know, I find myself not even in a negative space, but just in an exhausted mentalist mental space right now, because, you know, there's so much strategy having to be come up with right now and, and executed and, you know, in the, in the, in my career, um, when I get home and I'm still working, doing the dad thing, you know, I get an hour to myself and I'm like, Oh, what I want right now is just some peace and to lay on the couch and, and rum hard. Like I know though, that I could take my life to the next level if I, if I did something about it and, and got going physically again, but it's just like, Oh, you know, what, what would you say? Like, you know, honestly, if it was just me and you right now and you were going to look at this big guy and you're just like, what, what would be, Joel had some thoughts. They're probably not going to, you're probably not going to use profanity uh, and put me down, but <laughs> <laughs> I said, that's what I would do. Yeah. But like, what, what are some words there that you can kind of give of, of to mo like some motivation there that you'd use? Yeah. Instead of throwing the Tony Robbins on, um, yeah. here's the reality. Um, I would prioritize it in this way. Number one, establish a routine. Um, I think yeah, everybody's routines have been shifted for the most part, you know, 90% of the world, whether it's your work environment, your, your kids at home, you name it. So reestablishing what that new routine is, even if it, Plan for it like it's going to go on for six months, even though it might only go, go on for the next two. So this is your new routine. What does that look like? So how do you wake up? What do you have in the morning? How do you set your kids up for success? Like, how do you go about that new routine? Because you've got to, the minute that you can establish a new routine and structure in your daily life, we're very habitual. Like we're, human beings are very habitual. So you have to, the mindset will shift and, the, um, and our outlook, you know, from a positive mindset will shift if we don't have structure in our, in our, in our uh, current state, like 100%. So establish routine, number one. Um, number two, sleep. You know, uh, there's places in the world that this is one of the, the you know, capital punishments. Um, you know, so we have to understand that sleep is highly important. So make sure you allocate the time for sleep. That's going to uh, balance out cortisol levels and, and hormones and, you know, over, overall mood. And, you know, it's obviously going to equip you with the energy. Uh, diet is number three. So uh, make sure that goes hand in hand with routine. If you have a strong routine, you're probably, your diet's going to, you know, it's going to be impacted positively. So making sure you're strict, you know, don't resort to the couch eating pizza and chips. You know, like how would you typically, eat? if you have a new established routine, how would you typically eat on a day-to-day -day basis? So you don't resort to, you know, things. And also chances are most people crave sugar or caffeine if they have a lack of sleep. So when they're tired, so that's why sleep is before diet. So routine, sleep, diet, fitness, get active, get moving. There's endorphins associated with it. It sets the mood. It obviously keeps you healthy and active. People that are actually physically motivated or moving, they're going to be more accountable to what they eat and don't eat. Um, and then the last one is create space. So whether it's mindfulness, meditation, silence, you name it, especially with all the noise, both on the news and in our homes with our kids. Um, you know, if you have time to allocate space to breathe and reflect, you might not be great at meditating or want to do it. Um, but at the end of the day, we're not human doings, we're human beings. And we got to, we got to allocate the space to be so. Awesome. Thanks, Mike.
yeah, that that was a that's a I got actually a follow up one to Leyland's before we before we end this off, Curtis. But with the amount of noise that's going on out there, uh, and people, you know, obviously who have been affected um, financially with the crisis going on, and they still want to maintain their health, and there is a lot of free information, and some of the times the right information out there. Um, what are what are some of the things that you suggest people do if they're looking for information to get their diet in check or to get a workout plan? Um, because again, you could get inundated with so much information that you don't know if you are either a going down the wrong path or b it's just too much and you just say screw it, I'm out. I, I there's just too much information. I don't even know where to start. Well, I mean, I think most people know the fundamental basics. They kind of get ahead of themselves and they start researching like you know, above and beyond, it's like, okay, drink eight glasses of water a day, eat healthy, don't snack, seven o'clock, like, okay, go back to routine and implementing the basics is number one. If you're looking for more guidance information, then look at for the people that aren't spamming you and, and trying to, you know, take your money right now. Like who was in business yesterday or who's in business 10 years ago or 15 years ago or 20 years ago, who knows how to deliver the service that you're looking for or have the insights to do that. Cause just like anything, the internet existed before COVID and it's going to exist after it's like there was ample enough information out there. It's just actually validating the information that's on there. Um, and so I would say, you know, if you're really stuck, work with a professional, like, you know, we look at, this is, you know, as an example, what we do. And, and, you know, we have, we have professionals that have experience to deliver, you know, guidance or programs or you name it. Once again, no program is a bad program. The fact that people are looking to do something is a good thing. Um, I would say that, you know, originally when you asked that question, I was worried. I was, I was thinking that you were going to go around the whole mindfulness and state of mind and fear and uncertainty and all that, and less about fitness and more about just like overall well-being. And I'll tell you this, um, we have to be, we have to be aware that the more present we are and, um, the less fear we're going to have. All of us, all of us don't know if a meteorite's going to blow up the world tomorrow and it's going to be right next to us or, you know, whatever. We don't know when these things are going to come up. We obviously have an idea that there's something that's happening in this world and it's really getting relevant, but all the noise on the news and the social media, you name it, heightens the level of, of fear because it heightens the level of uncertainty. And we have no factual evidence of how to actually attack this or when a cure is going to come or when there's a, there's going to be any kind of, um, vaccination. So what we can do right now is take care of ourselves in the present. Um, we can, you know, obviously mitigate risk for us. Like, you know, we can, um, you know, make sure we eat healthy, we stay healthy, we're engaged with our families and kids and you name it. And that's all we can really do. You know, obviously if you test positive COVID, then you have to take other measures and, and, you know, um, uh, actions, but it's, it's like people that fear, going on an airplane. All of a sudden there's a plane crash and people fear going on the plane when really driving to the airport, there's more risk in driving to the airport than there is actually from air travel. So, you know, we have to remember that, like be present, be available, follow the basics, take care of yourself. Don't, don't, don't subscribe to all the noise, educate yourself. There's nothing wrong with that, but you don't want to, the more fear that you bring into your life, because you're trying to predict the future that you can't predict, um, the more you're going to get in a state of fight or flight, fight and freeze, which is not healthy for anybody. Because the minute you get in fight, flight or freeze is the minute you retract, you know, and you self-isolate yourself mentally. And, you know, it's not good for your well-being and usually not good for your diet or your fitness too. So 
So Curtis, we usually um, wrap up with me asking the same question, but I think you kind of just answered my question. And my question is always to you as the leader, is what are what do you do um, for yourself in order to remain, you know, as an entrepreneur and, uh, you know, I, I know you a bit and I know you're a very optimistic person and most entrepreneurs are. Um, what are you doing? And, and maybe you did just answer most of my question in there to remain so positive and to remain so optimistic. Um, because as a leader, that's what you have to be in this time. You can't just lie in bed all day and put the covers over. You're getting out there and making things happen. So how do you, how do you do that for your own mental well-being? Yeah, I mean, times like this, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of one of those guys that's like a warrior. I lean into this, these kind of things. I love challenges. Um, but my big question is like, how do I want to show up? You know, when I look back, how did I show up to my family, to my clients, to my teammates, to my business, to my organization, to my communities? Do I want to, it's not about getting praise or recognition or anything like that, but did I, did I lean into it and do my best? And I think that's how I show up, you know, no matter what, any, any time in life. And so um, I just remind myself about that. Did I, you know, did I take care of myself first, my family second, my, my business third, which includes my you know, teammates to my clients and then my community last. And if I've done my best to do that, then I, I can look back two years, five years, 10 years saying, man, we just leaned into that and, and, uh, and did everything as best we could. So, and that's all you can do. Um, you know, and, and the last thing is that you got to put your oxygen mask on first. You can't let your, yourself, you know, deteriorate because you're no good to anybody. So just like, you know, air travel, put the mask on yourself first and, and make, make sure you take care of yourself so you can take care of everybody else. Right on. Huge. Great points, Curtis. Well, awesome. thank you so thank you so much for uh, taking the time and uh, not only giving us some some knowledge behind your business and and the things that you guys are going, but just some solid fundamentals that people can take in, in any walk, even if they're not looking for fitness. I think you said a lot of um, great stuff to just mentally kind of kind of get yourself in check, especially that last that last moment. And it's it is hard for us to to take a step back and put our oxygen masks on when everything's going like in chaos at times when we're putting out fires. So it's great to be reminded of that. But um, yeah, just on behalf of, uh, uh, of our, of our team, we appreciate you taking the time and, and yeah, dropping some, uh, hopefully that was good. I mean, I don't know. Uh, yeah. What you guys were looking for, but yeah, it was great. I actually wrote notes and I've never done that in a podcast. <laughs> <before>. <laughs>